Do you ever think about utopia? Do you ever think about ethical dilemmas? Do you ever think about the other people on public transport? Do you ever think about the demise of civilization as we know it? Hi friends, just in case you missed it, this is the second episode in our two-part series on advertising. Hope you enjoy it! everyone and welcome to do you ever think about i'm one of your hosts or i should say part one of your hosts <laughs> candace jade and this is part two host speaking <laughs> merida violet hi merida hello <laughs> um so last week we were talking some pretty devastating topics about advertising we're covering advertising to children implanting the sexy models in your line of view to sell your cigarettes, and the generally insidious practice of manipulating your brain. Yeah, left me feeling a bit bummed out, I've got to say. The world's a dark place, capitalism sucks. (laughs) (laughs) But this week we thought we'd change the tune and maybe shed a bit of light on the positive elements of advertising. Yeah, um, wanted to instill a bit more faith in humanity and our world. So speaking of... Uh, positive advertising, though, straight off the bat. Um, I'm quite a fan of jingles. <laughs> do you do you remember any jingles from from childhood? All right, guys. I'm gonna. These are for all my friends on the east coast of the U.S. One eight hundred five eight eight two three hundred Empire. Now, is that positive? I don't know, but it puts a smile on my face. That's a carpet company in America, I think. Something flooring. Now, have you ever selected carpet? No. (laughs) And if I did, did, I'm not sure I would do it based on that jingle, but I do know their phone number. So I might call them just because I know their phone number. Convenience, you know? Yeah, that's (laughs) awesome. Actually, in today's age where we've got all our numbers saved on phones and you're in an emergency situation and you only know one number... And you call them. You call the Empire Carpet like, Company. I'm being kidnapped. Someone's put me in carpet and I know that's your area of special like expertise. Get down here. It's a red car. Oh. <laughs> exactly. See, these things can come in handy. It's very positive to remember these things. Absolutely. Is that number still connected? Active? Um, I don't know. I haven't tried it, but like someone should. Absolutely. Um, um, <laughs> do you have any from childhood that you remember? Two of my faves. Yeah. Two of my fave jams of all time. <clears throat> Macy's the flooring giant. <laughs> hey, both of ours are flooring. Yeah, like if it, the floors no jingles apparently. Yes. Like fuck yeah, there Macy. Um, I don't know. If, I don't actually know where Macy is. I don't know if it's still going. He's a flooring giant and a national treasure. Yeah, is he still? If he's still giant, guys. If you're Macy, if you know, give us a shout out. Yeah, <laughs> Macy. Um, and the other like. Classic is A A A A P A A P T Smart Chat or like I did Smart Chat Smart Chat I don't know what the company's about um, I don't know what Smart Chat means I can't remember anything about it uh, I really like A-A- I don't know what I'm gonna look it up now What's A A P T Smart Chat um, I would just love to know the sort of conversion rate for things like catchy jingles because there's no denying that obviously. Um, we all remember them. They haunt our dreams. I mean, everyone knows the Oscar Mayer Wiener song, for example. But does that actually, is that effective? You know? Um, I've got a pretty exciting um, update. 
the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission considers the advertising by telecommunications carrier AAPT oh. Limited of its flagship SmartChat product was misleading. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I'm just reading this. The advertise. I just looked this up. I can't believe. Like, well, it's good that, that I didn't remember. No. But. And hey, that's an example of a good oversight and regulation of the advertising sphere, isn't it? Yeah. So I wonder, like, because we talked about this. It's the ACCC. Yeah. The advertisement in question only ran one Sunday in September last year, and I remember what? what? Oh wait, this is from '98. Okay. Um. This is. <laughs> I was like, it only one run, and I remember that. If it only one ran, ran once, one, how do I? Whoa. Well, that was like formative years, you know, like if it just sort of maybe like a lot of kids saw it and it caught on. I was 10. Um, But it was important to intervene as this was the only three months after ACC had accepted undertakings from AAPT in relation to problems with other smart chat advertisements um, as falsely implied that AA... Okay, for everyone who's on the edge of their seat um, to find out what their AAPT was falsely implying, um, it falsely implied that long-distance calls rates anywhere in Australia were always cheaper than Telstra's rates. The ACCC found that Telstra was actually cheaper in a number of significant circumstances, (laughs) with prices being such an important factor in purchase decision. Comparative advertising is an extremely valuable tool of competition, but only when scrupulous accuracy is observed. Ah, there we go. So the the government uh, agency has a bit of teeth there, I guess. I can't believe that AAPT fucking lied to me. And that their jingle was so good that you remember it like 20 20 years later. Um, (laughs) Yeah, 20 years later. 22 years later. 22 years later. Um, Fucking dogs, man. It's percussive. Brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) Because I think it's like that's just a thing. I'm sorry to keep hitting everybody. I apologize to your ears. Um, Close them while I hit shit accidentally. Sometimes we hit the mic stand. Anyway, well, that's a, well, you know, that leads me to wonder about what makes ads effective. Because I think we, at the end of the last episode, we asked each other, like, do you think that advertising can be good? And is there an ethical and right way to do it? And I think that there have actually, like, it's, it's definitely um, the minority compared to the amount of damage that advertising has done. But, like, honestly, I do think that there is some really, like, positive um things that have come from advertising Mm -hmm. certain awareness campaigns like earth hour or like even though certainly like the percentage is questionable of how much of the charity goes to the people like the people in need you can't deny that like advertising campaigns like world vision was really like a turning point for making people aware about the poverty that was happening in other parts of the world Oh, yeah, absolutely. And um, I mean, we all grew up seeing a lot of those um, social marketing campaigns for nonprofit organizations um, or like PSAs, public service announcements that were trying to get you to, you know, have safe sex, for example. Yeah. And that was one of my like um, favorite things. Well, not favorite things, but like uh, a good print ad that I saw that made me kind of thinking about like sort of uh, secondary uh, positive sort of things about advertising is they do open up dialogues one of which like i show uh, there's this print ad by ddb um ddb mozambique uh which i believe is a, a, a agency um but they did a fantastic print ad for condoms that shows some horrific looking children um and it's just with the tagline children can be scary <laughs> like normal children but just like being kids in uh, a scary way <laughs> no normal children 
can be terrifying. Absolutely. It can be terrifying. But like, although that's funny and seems really flippant at the beginning and it is for condoms, but like that is a solid conversation that people mm. need to be thinking about it because teenagers with their rampant boners and yep. their like sexual hormones, <laughs> all the things going, because some of them forget that like, uh, you know, untreated pregnancy does result in baby. Yeah, exactly. And that is a terrifying outcome for a young a young teen yeah. in a lot of ways. That was a line in Juno. Like oh, I've, really? heard that, I've heard that unre- um, untreated baby ends in, uh, unreleated, uh, untreated pregnancy ends in baby. And I was like, nailed it. <laughs> that is a beautiful, that's a beautiful line, Diablo Cody. <laughs> well, that's like another... Um, Another one that we grew, well, that I grew up with in the states, um, all the public service announcements around drugs, you know, the anti-drug campaigns, which war on drugs. Obviously, you know, I don't agree with the uh, strategy or the goal of it or anything, but I do have to say that those ads, especially, um, you know, the ones with the frying pan and the egg that said, "This is your brain on drugs," um, that stuck with me, and it definitely. Uh, even if it didn't necessarily change my behavior, it certainly gave me a specific attitude towards drugs. I'm not sure if it's a good attitude, but I certainly got the picture that they're not good for you. <laughs> mm. And like, yeah, int- like that whole campaign is a really interesting uh, concept because it's just so succinct. Mm. Uh, it's like, and also just getting like all the promotional people like peewee as it like as if peewee yeah. wasn't on drugs I, oh he absolutely was um they had the one that i i'll link it in the episode description but um the the revision the 90s revision of the this is your brain on drugs ad was actually specifically about heroin and it had a 15 year old rachel lee cook star of she's all that mm. um used a little bit of sex appeal i think in this ad because she was looking very sultry in this like kind of dingy kitchen and she you know takes the frying pan and said or she takes an egg and she said this is your brain takes the frying pan this is heroin this is your brain on heroin and she smashes it Um, but then she takes it a step further and it's not just scaring you about what might happen to you if you take heroin Um, it she then takes the frying pan and destroys all the plates in the kitchen and she smashes a window she's saying this is what happens to your family this is what happens to your job this is what happens to your social life and bringing in not just the impacts that drug drugs would have on you but on other people and that definitely stuck with me like I remember being young and seeing that and thinking like oh like as much as I might be curious about trying drugs <laughs> I know that it's going to impact impact the people around me <laughs> and like uh first of all I appreciate the message that they're trying to send it's very good but mm. I just want to push back a little bit on the fact that People on heroin aren't smashing shit. They're lying down. (laughs) (laughs) But like, I totally like that. Yeah, yeah, it's a metaphor. And I get it. Um, I get it. I'm just being an asshole. No, no. Uh, And (laughs) and that might be an example of an ad that maybe I'm not sure if I agree with the message, but I do definitely think it was effective and it impacted me and I remember it. And um, anyone who grew up in that generation, I think, remembers those ads. Yeah. So effective, yes. Not necessarily sure if I would support the message. Yeah. Well, <laughs> abstinence only, at least, you know, for drugs. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no, total abstinence all the time, 100%. Yeah, just for everything. Um, except for when you've got condoms. So yeah. fuck yeah. Like, <laughs> and there's another ad for that. So yeah. perfect. Problem solved. <laughs> um, well, that's interesting because we were going to talk about, like, um, what do you think makes advertising 
effective. Yeah. Well, I think um, there's you can have different appeals um, to different like senses. So you can have an emotional appeal. You can have a cognitive appeal. And these are things that are kind of talked about in the sort of academic realm of advertising. Mm. Um, I think that one really good example that we both just looked at before of um, it was a campaign that GetUp just had. So good. Yeah. In support of um, the job seeker payments which have been happening in Australia the increased job seeker payment during coronavirus so job seeker is the welfare payment for those that aren't aware like mm-hmm. job, job seeker is the name of the payment that has been um increased yeah increase. it's the it's the unemployment benefit for um but during the coronavirus they increased how much you get per week mm-hmm. so it really supported people through this time when they couldn't work for no fault of their own yeah um the hard part is is calling it job seeker when there are no jobs to be <laughs> exactly <laughs> a bit ironic um but get up in august put out this campaign about your conservative uncle frank because there has been a lot of pushback from mm-hmm. a lot of um i don't want to just say boomers but i think that they make a quite a big portion of it but i'm not maligning all boomers i know <laughs> some lovely boomers whatever um but like there is quite a bit of pushback, as there always is yeah. when it comes to anybody. Yeah, when yeah. it comes to anything where it's turned um, a lot of people shouting the dialogue of being like, fucking dull bludges. Yep. They just want to sit there. No one wants to work because the job seeker is too high. Yep, that's right. People, the idea that, um, well, I work really hard and I pay my taxes. Why should this person get to just sit around and, you know, not work and I have to fund their lifestyle, right? Mm. Um, so that, you know, attacking that argument at a time when uh, the government was discussing if they were going to extend the job seeker payment. So obviously this ad, the context for this ad was trying to drum up public support for the job seeker payment and for supporting people during this time. Um, and I won't go through word by word, but I think one thing that makes this ad very effective is that it tracks, it shows the story of a person on job seeker. And Ooh, I just want yeah. to interject as well, like part of the whole style of it is it's funny satire yes yeah. it's done very well like there's very like you can see the uncle what's his name uncle uncle frank uncle frank yes fucking uncle frank uncle frank is everybody that you know yeah. is talking in this conversation he's a very good like archetype archetype yes. for that motherfucker yes and so he's you know it, the, it starts off and he's watching the tv and complaining about dole bludgers complaining about people just sitting around on job seeker but then the narrator comes in and says you know what frank doesn't realize is that he works at this uh, box factory mm. and then it shows the story of julia who's on job seeker and she's um, used to be a caterer, but she couldn't, you know, work because of COVID. And so she's been getting job seeker. And while she's been at home, she's been trying out new recipes. And, um, you know, it's kept her from having to move back in with her mom. So that's a really good thing. But it brings the viewer around to realize that how the job seeker money that she gets from this unemployment payment actually recirculates through the economy and eventually actually means that this box company that Uncle Frank works for would not be able to continue giving him a job if there wasn't all this money circulating in the economy from people like Julia, who's a job seeker. Yeah, and what I loved about it, because you only just showed it to me Mm. just before we recorded this, was it really does set out all the dominoes of how the effect is when, like, people, especially enough, like, there are people that are disadvantaged and able to do it. Um, And the weird thing about coronavirus is that so many, uh, like, there's a massive population of people that can be grouped into that category Mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. Um, And so showing the domino effects of how that actually affects everybody mm-hmm. was amazingly laid out. I thought it was a 
fucking great at. I can't sing its praises enough. Me too. Yeah. And we'll link it again. Um, And, you know, I maybe didn't do it justice describing it just then. But basically, I think what makes it effective is that it takes the viewer along for the ride. And by showing the two kind of common perspectives, it allows you to reach the conclusion Sort of like, you know, it's not shoving down your throat a political message. It's just presenting the information and leading you down this logical path that at the end you're like, oh, well, of course this is a good thing. Of course this is a valuable thing for society. Um, So I feel like it builds, um, I don't know, what could you call it? What what makes that effective? It's like it's an emotional appeal, but it's not... It's, all, it's what's weird is it appeals to the larger emotion and compassion at the same time as appealing to the selfishness of the individual. Yeah, that's perfect. Yes, yeah. It sort of, it makes the like self-interest case for empathy and compassion. Yeah. Yeah, I think, it, and you know, it, it's definitely targeted at a specific type of viewer um, because, you know, I don't need to watch that ad because my mind isn't the one that needs to be chained about this topic. But I feel like it's the type of thing where you could show to someone in a really succinct way, explain your opinion, you know, with showing them rather than telling them. You know what I'm going to say? Mm-hmm. This is the power of art. <laughs> yes, exactly. Which will be another full episode we will do one day because obviously... Candace can't shut up about no, it. No, <laughs> but it's so true. It's like, you know, you're not just showing facts and figures, you know, because we could sing till the cows come home about how much the job seeker payments have kept our economy afloat. But that's not going to change the emotional reaction that people have to the feeling that like they're working hard and other people aren't. Yeah. Like you can show people that video or you can show people um, a graph Mm -hmm. of declining egg sales, (laughs) which will ultimately end in like less distribution. Exactly. But people aren't going to be moved by that graph. As Like, yeah, I'm sure there are some wonderfully uh, uh, moving graphs. Yeah. Maybe. If you're a graph type, you know, person. But if anybody actually has some beautiful graphs. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think another thing that makes that ad really good, and that um, segues into the other ads that we looked at that we thought were really great and effective that were also public service announcements, mm. um, which is that I think if you have a really – I think that ads and marketers know this, but – and we talked about this in my classes that I took, but – you really have to have your target audience in mind. And it has to be, um, you can't try to be so broad with something, especially if it's a public service announcement. Um, Because if you're so broad that no one can see themselves in the ad, then I think that it's just going to be, you know, it's going to be ineffective and be ignored by people. So that leads me to the the other one we were talking about, which is the Victoria government respect ads about respecting women and calling out when you see... um, uh, people being disrespectful towards... Or intimidating. Yeah, towards their partners. So it's, you know, about domestic violence, but it's also just generally about more subtle forms of misogyny and, you know, um, toxic masculinity. Yeah. Where they, they lay out a number of different situations that are super realistic and they're targeted specifically at, like, younger men. And I think that, you know, I'm not I'm not one, but I feel like, you know, you could see yourself in that situation. It's a very realistic situation. And that was like, because you just showed them to me before as well. Um, And like, yeah, the world's not fair and it sucks that we have to, like what I said before, Mm. it sucks that we have to um, broadcast pretty much, um, not instructions, but suggestions. Like, no, not broadcast that. It sucks that we have to start doing PSAs about 
respecting uh, women and not having violence against them being yeah. a normal place. Um, but like, but we do, and it's really glad that we have a government that is actually um, addressing it, addressing yeah. it, and um, like, and opens the dialogue. Because what I do love about these ads was like they were really raw. You can like the one on the train you mm-hmm. can see like yourself sitting there you like know what it's like to be uncomfortable mm-hmm. on a train um and we all kind of we've all heard some someone like just kind of go just too far with something whether that like and that could be anybody but what's great about the ad i thought was because it just uh gives a subtle instruction on how you can possibly combat this as like capable males who don't agree with this kind of stuff it doesn't have to be a big fucking brawl it doesn't Mm. have to be a big fucking scene but most of the time what the ad I felt was trying to get across was it actually doesn't take that much to actually set something in motion yeah because it doesn't you can just like subtly just let someone who's being a creep know that they're being a creep by just letting them know that you're watching them yes yeah yeah and like you know again sad state of affairs where I think a lot of times if uh, a guy so so one of the ads for example that, that you mentioned before on the train. So it's a woman sitting on a train and she's sitting by herself and she keeps noticing that this guy a couple seats away is keeps looking at her and he's staring at her, kind of leering, being a bit creepy. And then there's another guy, there's another man who's standing in between the two of them mm. and he notices that she's uncomfortable. He notices that this guy is staring at her and there's a voiceover of what the thoughts are going on in his head where he's sort of, should I say something? Like... Is she being creeped on? I don't know. I don't want to make a big scene. I don't want to get in a fight with someone. And the you know. whole thing of being like, it's not illegal to look. Like yeah. Very, yeah yes, then. all the sort of rationalizations that people give themselves, that talk themselves out of actually calling it out. Mm. But it pulls the viewer through that thought process. And finally, the guy, the bystander, just takes a step forward. And all of a sudden, he's blocking the field of vision of the woman, uh, between the woman and the creep, and he sort of just looks at the creepy guy and just shakes his head. Mm. And that's it. And it sort of models the the realistic behavior that you can do and the real scenarios where you would find yourself in that are super relatable, I think, and really specifically targeted to a specific type of person who finds himself in that situation. Yeah. I think that's why it's really effective. Yeah. It's effective. Um, Like, just to give some sort of instruction because that sort of stuff hasn't been... (laughs) But, like, what this has reminded me of, because, like, sometimes, like, it's unfortunate, but, like, a gentle nudge doesn't work. Because, like, I would see stuff as a tram driver mm. as well, because you do, like, although I was watching the road, don't get all up, I was watching <laughs> the mirrors. fucking road, yeah. Um, but I would also, like, keep an eye, like, there was, one like, one guy fully bashed his girlfriend on the back of the tram once, and, like, no one did, oh my God. like, anything, or, like, oh, there's, I've seen fucking, like, seen fucking things yeah. and experienced fucking things. It's, like, really normal place, and I tell, like, there was another time where this dude got on, and he was, like, kind of deranged, and I was sitting with this other chick, and he was leaning over. Were you just a passenger? This was yeah. when I was just a passenger. Mm. Um, and I was sitting with another chick, kind of thing, and he just leaned over, and just, like, it still gives me, like, fucking chills. He just went, like, I want to slit your throat. And, like, it was really confronting. To it you? Was, yeah, just... to, like, to me and this girl, we were just, like, I didn't know the other girl Whoa. either. We were just passengers. Oh, right, right, right. And he'd just gotten on. And there was this dude that was sitting across from him, and he was just, like, first of all, he said, like, you can't do that. And he just kept going. Like, he was a bit, like, 
drugged or like whatever mm. and he kind of didn't like understand like well i he he's, i'm not making excuses for him he was an asshole mm. but this other passenger just like made the call to like just gently grab him by the elbow and say like come on mate let's get off here nice. and got off with him wow and like it was this whole thing like the whole tram was like so tense like and then he got off and mm. i was like what a fucking dude what like, a hero yeah. yeah and it was just so so like I kind of suspect that he might have worked in drug and alcohol or something like that. Yeah. But it was just like the most gracious way of just like taking him off and mm. doing that. And it was like it it was probably very conveni- inconvenient for him. And like if, dude, if that was you, like, thank you so much. Yeah. Like the crazy yeah. thing was that like every like some people got on at that stop and they didn't even realize how tense the rest of the tram was. Yeah. But um, it was. But like, you know what? Any other dudes or you know any other people observing that interaction because they saw that behavior now they know that that's something they can do yes which is like why these ads are so great yes and that know? like yeah exactly it, it like just um starts normalizing the behavior of like they're like just just giving an idea of what you can do yeah. it doesn't have to be a big violent thing it's not this call to masculinity that yeah gonna, we're not like, saying you all have to come out in the streets and march for feminism if you want to that'd be great but you know <laughs> it really just starts with like not letting your friends be disrespectful to women at all and calling them out and you know if you know that someone is a creep like unfortunately a lot of creepy dudes will not listen to women when they call their behavior out they all they need the sort of um uh, masculine like credibility yeah. yeah of like a man to do it so. and in fairness there's a lot of creeps that get off on girls writhing like and mm. just being like can you please stop there's a lot of yeah. guys like oh, yeah. or not and not even there's a lot of just people that get off on making other people uncomfortable for sure yeah yeah yeah, yeah. They're, they're sort of they want the attention that's why they're doing it you yeah know? and it's gross exactly so yeah we're totally up for these ads we'll link them as well mm. um yeah and I think that Another reason why that's effective, like we just said, it's because it's a real scenario that you can see yourself in and it's giving you specific, like the call to action is like really specific and something that anyone can actually do. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a broad call to action of like respect women. You know, if you just had an ad that said respect women, it's like, okay, but like, what does that look like in everyday life? Yeah. She better bake a pretty good pie. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And like, yeah. And it kind of like, this is the point that was like, there are actually ways that advertising can be used for good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the majority, which is really sad because it's kind of like, in my mind, it's kind of like the internet or like the magic from Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. It is a neutral force that can be utilized for good or evil because yeah. like, especially in like capitalism, mm-hmm. which is what we are surrounded by. So let's like get together and make the best of it and make it as ethical and humanitarian as possible. Yes, that's perfect, succinct. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, and I feel I feel passionately about yeah. it because I believe like small businesses, people actually like going after their dreams and doing that kind of stuff. I, I'm here for it. I yeah. love seeing what comes out of people's minds. Um, but it's really, it's really sucks to have like such a corporate monopoly Mm -hmm. which is what advertising becomes part of like the chessboard to do that yes yeah and yeah exactly and like when you have um the media landscape as well which is driven by the advertising model so that changes what the content of things is based on who their advertisers are because that's how they get their funding so One thing that I think is really cool that's happening right now with our internet age and with the democratization of media through things like YouTube and, and podcasts and mm. and, th- and Substack, for example, is that you can now um, support the 
the media producer directly, you know, yep. so you can have a Patreon or you can subscribe, you know, directly to someone's website. Yeah. Or and even like GoFundMe if someone's got a big idea yeah. and they get like, and I love it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I love it. Yeah. And you have, um, and, and that's sort of like the, it's, it's a way to get around all of the constraints of, um, you know, the sort of corporate models, which for so long, you know, until we had this internet, you know, until we had the internet and like, you know, true sort of democratization of publishing that we've got now, or not 100%, but you know, more potential for it. Um, you know, think about all of the, the, the ways that advertising limited what information you were able to receive, you know, yeah. not to say that it's all open now, it certainly isn't, but at least there's a way to find information now in a way that's free and accessible to everyone. Yeah. And, and we're at the beginning of this, I think. We're, we're gonna, just going to see this change you know, more. I'm here for it as well. Because um, one thing we were talking about, because, uh, yeah, the internet is one thing. We're also talking about um, TV and everything. We mm-hmm. also have, like, kind of big I Like, we'll talk about that in yeah. a second. But one thing we were thinking when we went outside and um, had our little break before was, like, all right, we've got this platform now. Mm-hmm. Um, and advertising has some really dark, really, like, patchy some may say shady some may say downright evil yeah sort of like parts of it well and you know my biggest fear um with advertising is because we've discussed this before specifically with our podcast where I've gone back and forth in my head you know obviously dreaming of things getting bigger and you know more people listening to us and maybe one day an advertiser will approach us and say hey will you like promote my thing on your show and for me it presents a little bit of an ethical dilemma because Um, I would never want to have my content censored based on who I'm advertising for, but that's the kind of direct sort of influence. And, you know, that would be pretty obvious, I think, if you had someone say like, no, you actually can't say that because of X, Y, Z. But the more subtle angle is that if you have your funding coming from like externally and it's, and it's based on someone who has their own goal, which is not the same as your goal, eventually something's going to have to give. Yeah, you know? there'll be some sort of divergence somewhere. Yeah. And so I worry about like down the track, I start off being like really ethical about it, but you incrementally make these changes and decisions that, you know, a year later you're like, oh, wait a minute, like this has gone in a different direction, you know? Yeah. Um, the first day it's selling me undies. The second day it's killing children. Exactly. And I've seen that with like other <laughs> podcasts that I've listened to. They're literally out there being like, come on, come down to Jimmy's baby slaughtering department. We're going to give you a free promotional code. Fun for the whole family. <laughs> exactly. But like on a real note, like there's one show that I used to listen to all the time and they used to only advertise kind of like smaller startups and stuff. And as they got bigger, it then became like Pantene Pro-V ads or like um, house insurance or Coca-Cola. And one time on the show, they actually said something bad about Coke. And then they were like, oh, no, don't say that. They might want to be a sponsor one day. Mm-hmm. And that's when I sort of realized I was like, I think that it doesn't even necessarily be, need to be top down censorship. You start censoring yourself. I guess that's mm. the point I'm trying to make is that yes. you start censoring yourself and changing the way you talk about stuff because you're worried about pissing off the people who sponsor you. Yeah. But on the other hand, in this beautiful age of like becoming more and more Mm. of a free market where it is just like there is opportunities for startups Mm -hmm. to like both like the whole scratch each other's back kind Mm -hmm. of thing. What like with Patreon and those kind of models, what I was saying before outside, which the listener didn't need to hear, but I just want you to know I went outside. We were outside. We were outside. (laughs) Um, But like another huge value that I see to that is like one, it actually puts 
it like a visual understanding of the power of democracy because these certain th- like certain things they you they've just got heaps of people that dig it and they all mm. just give like three dollars and they're actually making a killing but the other thing is is like it furthers that sense of community which is yes. so important and like these massive corporations, these big advertising, Mm. and it's like, I don't want to abolish them. I have Coke. I eat McDonald's every now and then. I don't, like, it's not that. Um, It's just the whole, like, impact and size that they try and impress on everybody's life. I want to go back to what you said about building community. Yes. Because you create this group of people who have come together to support you and or you have a business that says they want to sponsor you but it's because they like what you're doing it's not because they want to reach your audience yes there's an alignment between your goals yes and That's- i want to advertise for them because i like their product and i think that they're good scratch each other's back yes because that is like the other like sidious slimy um corporate suits holding suitcases Mm. of death that come in with these big deals. And it's really not about you at all. It's like reaching the audience that you've gained trust in a relationship with. Yes. Yeah, it's capitalizing on that. It's taking advantage of that trust. Mm. And it feels, and it it is really inauthentic, you know. It's not not about trying to match a product or service that would improve your life. Mm. It's just about getting eyes on my ad or getting ears on my ad. It's basically about the ka-ching. Yeah, the money. Uh, like, because I really think that we're like, we are at a opportunity now where like, uh, you hear me banging on about this all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. Is like, we can take control. Like yes. when we were talking in Utopia um, and I was um, <laughs> aggressively shouting about how it's all bullshit. Because <laughs> like, I like, and okay, Utopia, um, I love the idea of always working towards uh, like a greater good and all that. I think that is fantastic. But the, I, like it all starts with what you can do and mm. just like the baby steps that you can do and in that like in that way and so like let's face it corporations marketing companies all those people up top don't give a fuck about it so let's take control yeah. back to ourselves that's like com- like community <laughs> and they're not just gonna like you can't just snap your fingers and make them go away you know like we're not gonna have a fucking overthrow of the capitalist system anytime soon I think that if we really want to change the way that like um you know this all this power and, you know, corporate sort of domination influences our lives, a lot of that through advertising, we have to be thinking more creatively about grassroots ways that we can enhance the power of our, like, local communities. But I also think that we need to learn about new stuff and we need to learn about how things, you know, like, you can also have, like, an ad for something, like an existing product that people already know about, but maybe, like, oh, did you know you could use it in this way? Mm. Oh, that's actually really helpful to my life. Thanks, I didn't know that before. You know, so like that's the kind of good side of it. It's the it's the broadening the the world and broadening someone's knowledge about what's out there. Mm. But it's not about manipulating them and looking at people as just I don't know. Mm, that's I'm not like, sure where I'm going with that. <laughs> no, I get mm. you. Like, cause on like, yeah, it is a bit of a tricky one uh, mm. because it is so vast and advertising is such a massive part of just life in general now that it's uh, really hard to pull back no matter yeah. how um, Kando Big Guns and Big yeah. Boss Merida uh, look at it. Like we can only sort of take small steps to what we think would be um, like in the direction of creating a less manipulative and more fulfilling environment. Yeah. yeah, I guess that's, yeah, maybe that's where I was going, which is that like, look, you know, my ultimate perfect utopian world would be a world where like 
Um, you know, there is no such thing as a company trying to sell you something you don't need. But mm. like, that's not that's not what we're doing, you know, in this world. So like, if we could just make these changes that just like make it a bit easier to exist, you know, and not have to be bombarded with ads all the time. And when we do see ads, there's stuff that's like really helpful for our lives or stuff that like genuinely like makes us aware of something that we didn't know about before. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, well, like, one thing that we've been talking about a lot, and I guess it's now mm. um, a good time to bring it yeah. up, um, was because, like, we want to, uh, like, in the... We want to be the change. <laughs> Sorry. Too far, too far. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, one thing we want to do is, because we're both very community-based people, definitely believe in community, uh, especially, like, here in Melbourne or anything. So we've been talking about like advertising, but not for monetary ba- value, but sort of like, um, like not even like, okay, first of all, if you have any like small business or you're a bar or you're a sole trader and you've got a service and you could do with a shout out, mm-hmm. let us know. We'll shout you out. And if you like, and if you like the show, then share us on your social media, yes. but no pressure. I don't like whatever, like, yeah. but it would be just awesome to start like creating these sort of pathways where we can like really reconnect as communities. I think something that we're actually losing in our society is the local sort of community and the knowledge of your neighbors and the knowledge of what's around you. Because although we can have these global communities through the internet and it's incredible, one thing that the global community of the internet does not provide is like a fucking job for a per- for your neighbor. But small businesses do provide jobs for your neighbor. Mm. 70% of Australians work for a small to medium-sized business. Mm. But they are under threat. We have consolidation of corporate power in all Western countries. It's not nearly as bad in Australia as it is in America, for example, where you go to a small town and every small town just looks exactly the same because it's a Walmart and a McDonald's and that's all they have. Mm. 40 years ago, had you gone to that small town, it maybe would have looked like a small town here where you've got a main street with, um, you know, individual non-chain stores and they're all local and they're all run by people there and it keeps these small towns alive, you know, because you have these jobs and you've got, like, business there. And literally, like, the size of Walmarts in America is literally as though they've just put a, like, roof over (laughs) a small, like, over what would have been a, like, shopping strip. Yes, yeah. Um, They're massive. You can get fucking everything there. It's... um, terrifying yeah well yeah and like the and I worry that you know if we have um you things like Amazon which are coming into (laughs) sorry things like Amazon which has just come over to Australia and you know over the pandemic a lot of people are obviously ordering stuff online and you know I certainly bought more stuff from like larger stores um because they were the ones who offered like you know, the online shipping and that I could buy it online. Like, you know, my little local hardware store doesn't even have a website. So like I had to go to Bunnings, for example. Um, And so all of that kind of stuff makes me afraid that we're going to lose small businesses and small businesses aren't just, you know, yes, they're jobs and that's wonderful, but it's also, you know, identity. It's a community. It's the the identity of the place. And um, there's something to be said about sharing you know, uniting together and being like, we're all going to stand up together and like fight for the little guy. I and, love know? it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so what we want to do 
is open up the possibility for if anyone wants us to give them a shout out, we would love to. If you have a business or if you're uh, starting a business or if you have a new product or service for your business that you want to promote, yeah, just if, write us an email and we'd be happy to give it a shout out. We'll also come visit you. Like, yeah, we're local to Melbourne as well. Love this town. I love Melbourne mm. so much. It's like the best place ever in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and it's like as, as coronavirus is has lifting a little bit here and like bars are reopening yeah. all this, you're putting on a night you're putting on an open mic night whatever i don't care mm-hmm. let us know let's like let, let people yeah, let's know get, you, you know especially now when we're all trying to jump back into some sense of normalcy like you know i'm sure that there's a lot of like different kind of things that people might be offering that might be worth promoting can i just say yeah i've just realized like the ultimate in positive advertising my favorite type of advertising yeah. by far Music, like oh, finding, like yeah. so many times, just finding out like a band is playing or that yeah. kind of stuff. That's the from like a poster, especially like smaller bands or mm. what that. Fuck yes, like yeah. love it. That okay. And ultimately, I'm happy to pay for something that I actually want and to support the person that made that. Exactly. That's like fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah, but what I don't want to be doing is supporting an entire industry that actually fucks over the producer of that content. Exactly. So how can we cut out some of those middlemen and go directly to the source and say thank you? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, okay, so we're, um, well, I think we might be at the end of our advertising uh, agenda at least. Yes. We've gone through all the dot points. Um, we've done all the all the different sort of angles of advertising across Um, the last episode and this one. So maybe we should just, you know, go, what have we learned today? What have we learned? What have we learned? Merida, what have you learned? I'm stalling. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, I've got something in my mind. Um, I guess one thing I've learned, maybe not learned, but something I just really want to like impart on our listeners is something I feel like a little tip for life is um, just to really Try to be really aware of your choices and how they might be influenced by advertising. Um, well, what I've learned from us, like, looking into advertising and me really, like, looking into it, what I've learned is that it's super, it's super insidious. It is actually everywhere and it is actually awkward. Like, I used to like to think that, like give everybody the benefit of the doubt and just be like, no, it's like, it can't be that sort of manipulative. It can't be that sort of like big boss sitting there Mm. around like circular table where everyone's smoking and there's some small child like tied up in the corner. um, (laughs) That's just getting force fed ads. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, and it's just got bumper stickers all over them. um, Tied up with bumper stickers. uh, (laughs) is how I'm imagining it. Um, But like, it like although there might I don't know if it's a round table but there's a table Mm. and that like that actually exists um you are a like a target which is like fine because you're an appropriate target for certain businesses certain things Mm -hmm. do appeal to you and certain things meet your demographic needs that's fine but what I would like like to impart like again impart something because like yeah I've been begging on this you you like you've heard me yelling about this for fucking (laughs) months like or like years really um like is the whole thing of being like just fucking educate yourself about like media sort of stuff you don't have to be a puppet to anything don't relinquish the power over your own life 
take the power back, whether that is just like making informed decision about what you're buying or choosing to like, if you've got a platform or you've got something, like if you've got anything, like even word of mouth is a great mm. thing. If you've gone to a great business, a local business or whatever thing, Tell other people about it. Yeah. People are so willing to say shit stuff about other ones, but not about good, like not about good yeah. experiences that they have. So if you have a great experience at, like, at leave a, pub, a Google review, a Google review, honestly, huge, huge help for small businesses. Leave a good Google review. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, like yeah, like even if it's just going to a bar and like having a like great atmosphere or mm-hmm. something, tell someone about it. If mm-hmm. like that's if you could do any practical thing, if you have a great experience somewhere, make it a point to tell at least three. people people about it it Mm. will help the place and then ultimately it will help you because it will stay open also just like watch the Gruen transfer yes for real like it will give you the tools to be able to analyze how stuff is being presented to you in a way that you will be able to make informed decisions and you can still go buy the burger who gives a fuck but at least you're making the conscious choice and I think that you know it's sort of overwhelming when you think about how many ways we're being manipulated mm. and, and how many times during the day we get exposed to things subliminally that may be, you know, subconsciously influencing our behavior that we're not even aware of. And that's a scary feeling and it's a, pow- a feeling of powerlessness. Mm. But you don't have to be powerless. No. You know, you, you have control over what you choose to do and what you choose to buy. If anything, it's one of the things where you, uh, like, you have undisputed control yeah. about. There's heaps of like talk about whether or not someone actually does have free will, whether mm-hmm. things are fate or all that kind of stuff and whatever. Like I'm not going to, we're not going to open that can of worms right now. No. Um, but one of the things you absolutely do have control over is when you open your wallet. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, um, and even, even if you have a stretched budget, you know, even if you are time poor, um, there are little things, you know, it doesn't take that much time to, uh, you know, walk down the main street of your suburb to try to find a small business that supplies the item that you otherwise would have gone to buy at a department store. Mm. You know, like if, if, if anything, it might even be more convenient to do something like that. Yeah. There are little changes, you know. And um, the other thing in is... In general, obviously there are some exceptions to that rule that maybe it's less in some people's control, but... And for the most part as well, you will actually get way better service and it will actually make you go um, like back there Mm -hmm. like a lot of these small businesses are run by the people that have doing it and they're keen as fuck to make sure that your experience is like the best that they can provide that's a generalization and some people are ugly like i'm not ugly (laughs) like grumpy people are ugly grumpy like some people are ugly um like yeah but some people are grumpy bastards and they're going to be grumpy bastards all the time it's fun at least now you know not to go to that place (laughs) but yeah and i think also the um you know from a purely even self-interested perspective or or from the perspective of like I get it it's definitely a lot of times it is cheaper or it appears to be cheaper to um you know buy the the brand name product from the brand name shop you know Mm. um and and that's absolutely true in in a lot of cases you know going to my local corner butcher to buy meat the meat is more expensive than the meat at Woolworths right conversely yeah two things you need to go to a pharmacist you need to go to a pharmacist, and so you think that it's going to be cheaper to go to chem and chemist warehouse mm-hmm. and this smaller thing. But I defy anyone, if you've got the money and you're not on a super stretch bug- budget, yeah. do you go into chemist warehouse and just buy what you needed? No, you will be in that shop. And because of like that, that mm-hmm. whole shop is a trap, oh, all yeah. designed to make you spend money impulsively. Fully. And so if you go to the chemist warehouse, and this is just for you to decide as like for yourself, um, listener, 
you be honest with yourself. If you actually go to a chemist warehouse and it does actually, you just get the cheaper medication, that's fine. But do you go in and come out with heaps more stuff than you mm. actually don't need? Because then it isn't actually cheaper and you've actually been caught in a trap. Well, um, do we have anything else to say about the positive sides of advertising? Because I feel like it's maybe not as long of a list as the negatives. <laughs> it does seem to be that way. I was hoping that we might have found uh, some more positive things, but really, um, coming up blank, there's, no. <laughs> there's, there's music, PSAs, yeah, um, and making some conversations, but that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess, like, you know, they always could be – you know, if you're promoting a good product that's a local product, you know, that is using advertising in a good way, but it's not necessarily a good factor of advertising. That's just a good item. Or a good use of it. A good use of it, yeah. yeah. Right, well, um, sorry, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we should maybe wrap it up there. Yeah, let's. <laughs> um, so I guess I'll just um, advertise the fact that that's the end. Yeah. <laughs> Um, red alert, it's the end of the show. And shout out to all our small business owners out there. Mm-hmm. Please hit us up if you want a little shout out because we would love to do that. Yeah. We promise it'll be tasteful. Yeah. Like, or, like of course. Promise. Yeah. Um, no, we weren't like... And there's no obligation in return. No, not at all. <laughs> we just like kind of want to do that because it's just like there's so many cool things around here yeah. people should know about them fuck yeah melbourne's like the most livable and most awesome city in the world and one of the biggest reasons it is is because there's so much cool unique small business and entrepreneurial stuff happening here so. yeah and it really would be a shame to lose even half of it yeah, yeah. so yeah let's do it yes do Thanks. it to it thank you bye So if you have something to say about today's topic, write to us at doyoueverthinkaboutmail at gmail.com or send us a text or voicemail to 0499-860-397 and we might feature it in an upcoming minisode. Please don't forget to follow us wherever you listen, rate us on Apple Podcasts or share our show with other curious friends if you fancy. And finally, thank you to Scotty for production assistance, Frook for our theme music and Slum One for our wonderful cover art and graphic design. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next week.